Well, last week, as we began our January series on, on building bridges and taking a look at what it means to uh, build a bridge and everything that goes into that, we started by talking about the idea of making an assessment. And over, uh, I mentioned that over the course of the past year or so, I've been uh, making an assessment of all of you, and, and, and I know you've all been making an assessment of me. We've been trying to feel each other out and, and try to figure out what, who we are and, and what we want to be, but uh, assessment can also also mean taking a look at the community and putting our ears to the ground and listening for the cries of the needy and trying to find ways in which the church can reach out and to be uh, and to point people to that foundation that we will be talking about in just a moment. And my hope is you've been uh, also going through this assessment process as well. It's been a joy for me to be uh, reading all of the passions that I've been getting as they've been coming in over the course of the past week. I've, I've learned a lot of new things, some of which have been kind of surprising, but all of which has been very informative. I'm getting a, an even better feel about what this church is and, and who these people are that I am talking with on a weekly basis. But the second step in building the bridge is, of course, laying the foundation. Once you have found that perfect place for that bridge to go, it's important to acknowledge where your foundation is going to be, what your foundation will be. And I first, the first time I ever had any conversations or any interactions with anything along the lines of a foundation, it was in uh, middle school. Y'all remember middle school? Middle school was an awkward time, right? Middle school is those three, that three-year period. For me, middle school and in the Brighton area schools at the time was sixth through eighth grade, and that's like peak awkwardness of your life. Most of the kids in there are, are going through those changes that we all go through around those times, and because of that, you have a bunch of, of weirdly shaped kids with big hands and big feet and big heads and tiny bodies, and they're trying to figure out who they are and what's going on, and in the midst of all of that, I decided what better way to become even and more awkward than to take a class called Tech Ed. Tech Ed was one of my favorite classes. So uh, it became so much one of my favorite classes, I ended up taking it all three years of middle school. And we learned the physics of technology. We learned things about the laws of motion and momentum. But the main reason I wanted to take that class all three years was because it gave us permission to play with power tools at school. Yeah, I'm one of those guys, right? You show me a heavy-duty drill or something, and oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some fun, right? But it was a class that was entirely geared on, on building things and testing the structural limits of everything. And I'll never forget my eighth grade year. I was so excited to go to that class for the first time, only to realize that my favorite teacher, who was the teacher of that class, had been promoted to vice principal at the high school, and we were going to have a brand new teacher. And it made us all a little nervous because we were really looking forward to some of those things that we would get to do in eighth grade. And in sixth grade, that big thing that we got to participate in was doing a, almost like a rain gutter regatta style race in school. And those of you involved in scouting, you know what I'm talking about. If not, uh, we built balsa wood boats and raced them through these gutters. It was a lot of fun. Seventh grade, we made uh, what we called CO2 cars, where we take a carbon dioxide cartridge, we'd stick it in the back of a block of would throw some wheels on it and launch them across the, the classroom, and it was a lot of fun. But eighth grade year was supposed to be the year where we built the biggest project yet, and they were known as sumo cars. 
and they were remote-controlled cars that you would have essentially put into this taped-up ring on the floor, and you would fight the cars together, and the last car standing would be the winner, and I was very much looking forward to that. But it didn't happen. And I got really bummed out about it because this new teacher was trying to find her way in this new school. She had taken some of the lesson plans from the previous teacher and, and she was trying to find her way in all of that. We spent the first semester of that class playing with paper. And I didn't understand the reasoning behind it. The first assignment that we were given was we had to build a bridge. That's why I'm sharing this story, y'all. And we had to see who could build the, the bridge that would stand the longest and, and we would put it suspended across these two tables and we would pull the tables further and further apart and then once we hit the maximum width, we would start adding weight to it to see how structurally sound the bridge was and it was kind of fun. But my fav what ended up becoming the favorite thing I did that year was our building construction Project. See, we were given the same amount of paper and we were all tasked with doing the same thing. The task was to build a building that could sustain a table shake or two to simulate an earthquake. And because of that, we had to learn how important a foundation was because if your building didn't have that proper foundation, if it didn't have a wide enough area on which it was sitting, the second the table would start shaking, the building would fall down and you wouldn't get the candy prize. And it was kind of a bummer. For a middle schooler, there's nothing worse than missing out on candy. We're talking about foundations today. Particularly, we're talking about the foundations that we all have when we go out into this world and, and, and try to live into this ministry and mission that Christ has put on our hearts. And the reality of the situation is that even though our, our buildings look a little different from person to person, they're all built on the same basic cornerstone. They're all built on that same central foundation. And what we put on top of it after that, it, it differs from person to person to person. But the important thing that I would like to get across to you today is to never forget where that foundation is. Because sometimes on life's journey, we get removed from the foundation. Sometimes on life's journey, we built up so much that we forget what the whole thing started on in the first place. A shared love of Christ. When we look in the Old Testament today and we hear the words of Isaiah and we hear God telling the, the leaders of Israel that he is going to lay a stone, a tested stone, a cornerstone, a sure foundation, and the one who trusts in it won't tremble. That's God's attempt to try and remind Israel that any time they build on something that's not that foundation, bad things are going to happen. And that's exactly where Israel found themselves when Isaiah shared these words. Israel, the northern kingdom in particular, was staring down one of its biggest threats to that point, and ultimately it would be the threat that would lead to its undoing, the Assyrian Empire. And leading into this part of the Old Testament, you, you kind of realize that the, the people of the Old Testament, God's people, the, the Israelites, the, the Jewish faith, they were kind of hit and miss when it came to listening to God, right? 
The Old Testament's full of ups and downs, good points when they're listening to God and following God, bad points where they've, they've gone astray. And, and while it's really easy to point fingers at them, maybe with a little bit of introspection, we can see ourselves in those stories as well. But when the big bad Assyrians came a-knocking, Israel started to panic. They wanted to find a way out. And to try and find a way out, they decided that the best opportunity for survival would be to create an alliance with the Egyptians. Y'all remember the Egyptians, right? They were the good guys in the first part of the Old Testament, weren't they? No. That's where that language of, 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 of making a treaty with death comes from in that passage. That death is a representation of Egypt. And effectively what God is saying is any time you put your trust in anything other than God, it is inevitably going to lead it. It will inevitably let you down eventually is what God is trying to say. He'll go on in, in other parts in Isaiah and say that same block on which I will build my foundation will also prove to be a stumbling block for people who try and build around or build outside of that foundation. But if we put our trust in that foundation, we will stand firm. Right? That's what it says in Isaiah. It says the one who trusts won't tremble, or, or in the version that we heard this morning, it says the one who puts their faith in it will not tremble, will not fall, will not crumble. God says also that they will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. If you want to know if you're on a sure foundation, that's a good place to start. Is what you're doing moving in the direction of justice? Is what you're doing leaning into God's righteousness? That's a way you can tell if you're building on the right foundation. In the passage from the New Testament today, we have a parable that could very well have come from a real-world uh, thing that happens in the region of, of Galilee still to this day. In the, in the summer months, the shoreline on the Sea of Galilee gets really dry and really hard, and it almost is if it is like a rock. And people unfamiliar with the area uh, might want to come in and build some nice beachfront property right there, but come the rainy season and the winds and the storms of the rest of the year, that's not not going to end up being a good thing to do. Because that sand, that, that foundation that seems so sure is actually just really dry sand and the minute the water touches it, it starts to erode away and break down and once that, that sand leaves the, the base of that construction, the base of that building, that whole thing will eventually collapse. Now, we also get this parable in the Gospel of Luke, and I, I, I will admit, after reading the two and ultimately choosing to go with Matthew's version, I will say I've, I've started to like Luke's version a little bit more, if only because it adds like three more words to the story, to the, to the parable. Jesus says, everybody who hears my words, everybody who, who hears what I'm saying and, and takes my teachings into their heart, everybody who does what I do and lives how I live, you are like a wise builder who built a house on bedrock. In Luke's gospel, Luke adds three more words to that sentence. And he says, it's like a wise builder who dug deep and built their house on bedrock. 
Those who build their houses on bedrock, when the rain falls, when the floods come and the winds blow and beat against that house, they can rest assured that that house isn't going anywhere because it is set on a firm foundation. But sometimes we get a little antsy. Sometimes we want the project to be finished. Sometimes we want to just do it our way and we don't want to stop and wait for the still small voice of God. And sometimes that causes us to build on our own foundation. It causes us to, to forget that there is a cornerstone already in place and already established and, and we can tend to be a bit hasty and when we build in haste, when we build without listening for the voice of God, that is when bad things happen. There's an interesting phenomenon that's going around in, in, in many religious circles. In particular, it's more of a, a youth Thing, but it can happen with adults as well, and it's called the process of deconstruction. And maybe you've heard of it, maybe you've read some articles about it, but deconstruction, essentially what it is, is it's people trying to figure out and get back to the roots of their faith. They wake up one day, they realize that, that something's not right in their understanding of God, and so they go back and they dig deep and they find out what it is they truly and genuinely believe. And sometimes this can lead to a fantastic and deep faith, and on those times when that happens, we celebrate it. But at other times, it can lead people away from the faith. And it's part of the reason why that word deconstruction can, can kind of become a boogeyman in many of our lives. But Luke's version of this, of this parable reminds us that sometimes in order to get back to the foundation, we have to dig a little deeper. Because as I said earlier, we've spent our whole lives building upon that foundation, whether we've known it or not. It starts at our earliest moments of life with our parents and what they teach us. Christ is always down there, whether our parents raised us in the faith or not, but hopefully our parents raised us to be good and decent people. Hopefully our parents taught us the value of sharing. Hopefully our parents instilled some of those earliest values that we learned so that by the time we make it to church, we realize that there are some things that we can salvage from our old selves, something that we can use. And then we go off to school and we start to make friends and we meet teachers and role models and they all shape and help us build our buildings as well. We start to get into music or sports or any other activity and we add those bricks to our foundation as well. Our denomination adds its own set of bricks to the foundation. It actually serves as kind of the framework of how we understand what it is we're trying to build, but every denomination does it a little bit differently. And no denomination's 100% perfect, in particular ours. We've got a lot of rough edges, don't we? But the point I'm trying to make today is any time you're getting ready to go out into the world to engage in ministry, any time you find yourself lost or struggling or in the midst of a storm, any time you find yourself lost and unsure of where to go, those times God is calling you to dig deeper, to dig down to the bedrock, to remember those things that are foundational to not just our individual faith, but to faith universal from a Christian perspective. The great foundational teachings of the church. Two great commands I give you, Christ says. Love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
In Jesus' opening sermon in the Gospel of Luke, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor, to to give recovery of sight to the blind, to, to announce that the time has come when God would save our people. That same foundational stone teaches us how we are called to treat one another, how we are called to live into our faith. It reminds us that if we don't live into our faith, we can't really say that we're building on the foundations. For as Jesus reminds us, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, will get into the kingdom of heaven. Only the ones who do the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Only those who do the will. See, it's not just enough to acknowledge that we have a shared foundation. We have to also strive to live into that foundation. That foundation needs to be a part of every molecule in our bodies. It needs to be a part of everything we believe in our souls. It should be the first thing we think about when we wake up in the morning, the last thing we think about when we go to bed. It should be the thing that steers our our journeys through life. How in touch with the foundation are you on this day? That's a rhetorical question. I don't, I don't expect anybody to answer that because it's a very personal question. But it's one I want to challenge us all to think about as we, as we go out into this world this week. Think about what it takes to get in touch with that foundation. Think about all the bricks that we've been putting on top of it over the course of our lives. If you want to, I'd even encourage you to draw a picture of all the different bricks that you've built on top of that foundation over the course of your life. And maybe you'll say it'll have a brick that says, Mom dad, siblings, friends, denomination, education, etc. List it all out. There's nothing wrong with that. And then do the hard work of taking a look at all of those bricks and asking genuinely if those bricks are still serving their original purpose. If they are still keeping you on a sure foundation or if they are actively becoming something that will cause you to stumble and fall. Because sometimes when we're getting ready to build something new, we have to dig deep. Sometimes when we're getting ready to do a new thing and to to trust in God and to be guided by the Spirit to do the wonderful things that God is calling us to do, it requires getting back to the basics. But we can do this unafraid, for Christ reminds us on this day and on all days that it doesn't matter how bad the storms get. It doesn't matter how cold it is outside. It doesn't matter if there's two feet of snow in the middle of Buffalo's football stadium right now. Whatever the weather, whatever the circumstances, when you have your eyes on that foundation, there is nothing that you cannot get through. Let's dig deep this week. Let's get back in touch with that foundation. Let's spend more time in prayer. Let's spend more time in our Bibles. Let's spend more time with our eyes and our ears out toward the community. Let's remember the words of Christ who calls us to love God and to love one another. For when our feet are on those sure foundations, we cannot fall. Let us pray. Lord, we are reminded on this day that you are the cornerstone. 
that you are the firmest of foundations, that though the world around us might shake and tremble and rain and sleet and hail, your foundation remains secure. We acknowledge that we have spent our whole lives building on top of that foundation, and we have each put bricks on top of that foundation, and some of those bricks were given to us by families, by friends, by the churches that we grew up in. Some of those bricks we discovered on our own as we grew into ourselves, as we grew into our relationship with you. Give us the strength of the Spirit to assess what we have built, to remove those bricks which may no longer be helpful, to help us get back down to that firm foundation. For when all else fails, you still are God. You are still a God on the move. You are still a God who is calling out to us with your still small voice, encouraging us to build anew on top of your foundation. Help us on this day to leave what this community is building better off than it was when we first arrived here as we continue to build bridges between one another and as we continue to reach out into our community to build bridges with them. We ask all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.